Have you ever wondered why exactly it is that things usually sound better at home than they do on stage, in auditions, or even in lessons? It's easy to chalk it up to nerves or assume that you just have to practice more or get more performance experience. And sure, those things certainly are part of the puzzle, but a lot of times that's not really the true root cause. If you've been confused by the inconsistency of your performances, I put together a free four-minute quiz called the Mental Skills Audit, which will help you pinpoint your mental strengths and weaknesses and figure out what exactly to adjust and tweak in your preparation for more consistently optimal performances. You can take the Mental Skills Audit online at bulletproofmusician.com MSA. That's MSA for Mental Skills Audit. And again, it's 100% free, and it'll take just four minutes to get your results emailed to you as a PDF. This is Noah Kageyama, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Musician Podcast. Every Sunday morning, we'll take a look at a new research-based tip or technique to help you practice more effectively or perform better under pressure. And on the first Sunday of every month, I'll have a guest from the music, sport, or research world who will share their insights on how we can all be a little more awesome in the practice room and on stage. A few days ago, percussionist Rob Knopper and I had a chance to chat with flutist-turned-yoga educator Nicole Newman, who explained how integrating yoga into one's practice and musical training is helpful not just for physical reasons, but that it has mental and performance-related benefits as well, given that it provides another medium in which to practice quieting one's thoughts, being more present, and several other performance-related skills that are essential for performing optimally under pressure. You'll hear her explain why so many yoga practitioners emphasize breathing, why this is important for musicians in particular, and how yoga is not just about increasing flexibility or mobility, but ultimately about developing sustained focus and concentration and the ability to get into the zone when we're on stage. Before we begin, one quick note. If you're a regular listener, you may have noticed that I've been releasing interviews the last few weeks instead of the regular weekly research-based episodes. I do plan to get back to the regular format in a little bit, but there were a few topics that seemed like they might be particularly relevant and useful to cover at the moment, as more folks are homebound and looking for different ways to stay engaged and motivated in their practice and daily music making. So in the meantime, I hope you enjoy these special episodes and find them helpful. I was always pretty lucky in terms of avoiding injuries for most of my life. And so I wasn't really in the habit of warming up at the gym even before working out. But right around the time I turned 38, I noticed something changed and I started getting more injuries. Like, you know, one of my knees would start swelling up and stay that way for a week or two, or something would happen with my shoulder or I couldn't lift my arm up past a certain point. And then a few years ago, I sprained my neck, which landed me in physical therapy and eventually Uh, down the road to yoga. And so I have to confess that I wasn't an immediate convert. uh, But as I got more into it and found a program that resonated with me and started learning how many elite athletes like NFL players are beginning to utilize yoga in their training, I started to appreciate more how it changed how I felt going through each day. If I spent some time in the morning getting warmed up and opening up my chest and shoulders and hips and so forth. And so in recent years, I've heard more musicians referencing yoga and talking about how it fits into their daily practice or 
even their like audition day or pre-performance rituals. And for those who are newer to yoga, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit what sorts of changes or benefits we could expect or what students or clients have described to you when they've begun to integrate more yoga or yoga practice into their lives. Well, we need to take a step back and think of the purpose of yoga, what the definition and goal of yoga is. And that is to create sustained or unbroken one-pointed concentration. And the importance of developing that sustained concentration has, is very important for a few reasons. One, it allows you to be more self-aware. So you can be more present in the moment to notice if there's things going awry in the body and kind of cut that off at the pass before it escapes you. You can be more in tune with noticing those subtleties. And for obvious reasons with musicians, that one-pointed concentration is analogous to a flow state. So it enables you to be performing in the most, I would say, in the zone way that you can. So yoga can be used certainly as a form of preventative health and wellness to help prevent repetitive stress injuries of which there are more than two dozen. And those are all almost always preventable. But once one creeps in, it is a bit challenging to eradicate them. But it can also be used to help clear the mind, which is the ultimate goal of yoga. And to bring the body, the mind, and the nervous system into harmony, harmonious communication. Because those three are often like corralling stray cats. You know, our body, our nervous system, our mind tend to be doing different things and pulling us in different directions. And the yoga system uses the postures, which are called asanas, the breath, and the way in which that breath is married to movement, which is the vinyasa system, placing the breath in a special way, and your gazing point, your drishti. And those three components, the Tristana method, is what brings the body, mind, and nervous system into that harmonious flow. So to answer your question, students will often say after being able to practice yoga, they do feel like they're able to have greater endurance in their concentration. They're less apt to get aches and pains in the body. And if they do, they're able to kind of iron them out if you will, but it's also a really good way of being able to consciously tone down the stress response. We are living in a time where we're in sympathetic overload. And you might think, well, if we have the stress response ignited, what, what, what's the problem with that if we're stressed out? Well, science is showing that when we're in sympathetic overload and we're being bathed in a stress hormone called cortisol, that which should be an anti-inflammatory hormone is actually creating widespread inflammation. And this chronic inflammation leads to many non-communicable diseases over time. So being able to regulate 
the nervous system through the breath and connecting that breath with movement has long-term implications. So it addresses the short-term goal of preventing aches and pains or stress-related injuries, of staying focused to perform optimally at auditions, but also thinking of the long game to protect yourself down the road. So it sounds a little bit like there's a meditative aspect, certainly, and it's an opportunity to practice getting into the zone that can be transferred or applied to one's performance when it comes time to do that. You mentioned breathing a couple times, and I remember in this online yoga program that I started, one of the first things that uh, the gentleman who runs the program started talking about and teaching was breathing. Could you say a little bit more about why breathing is so integral or so foundational to the practice of yoga? The breath is directly influential to an important cranial nerve called the vagus nerve. And the healthy tone of that nerve is affected by your posture, your breath, your vocalization, your behavior, and the breath being one of the pillars of that helps reduce the stress response. So the breathing is really the key to calming the body, calming the mind on a physiological level. One particular practice called resonance breathing, of which there is a lot of scientific research uh, that you could read about after this, is to practice simply taking inhales and exhales through the nose, but only trying to breathe about six times per minute. Typically, we breathe anywhere from 12 to 18 times per minute. But when we can slow the breath in this resonance breathing, it it directly correlates with our heart rate variability, which is the time in between consecutive heartbeats. And there's an inverse relationship with your heart rate and heart rate variability. So you have, it's a sign of greater health when there is increased heart rate variability and the breath is directly related to that. So it's an opportunity to practice breathing, which sounds like a silly thing to say, but usually when we're breathing, we don't think about it. And then suddenly when we're backstage before a stressful event, we're told to breathe, but then we don't actually know exactly how to do that because we haven't practiced. It sounds like this is part of the yoga too, right? Certainly. And one thing, Noah, if you're feeling particularly stressed, like you feel like you're ramping up almost like you're on a roller coaster and you feel that ramping up, it may not be a full-blown panic attack. It may even just be a lot of excitement for an upcoming performance, not necessarily a negative stress. But whether you're overly excited or nervous in what you perceive as a negative way, the body has one stress response. That's it. And one thing that you can do when someone says, oh, just breathe, it's going to be okay. In fact, the best thing you can do is exhale as fully as possible and allow the inhale to happen naturally. It'll be a spontaneous inhalation. So it's best to expel all the air. You'll feel the navel kind of draw back towards the spine and then the lungs inflate with air on their own without initiating it. That is one way to kind of get control if you start to feel yourself ramping up. I've heard from some folks that when they try to breathe in those situations, 
like you said, because they're not fully exhaling, it actually creates more tension or it feels like they can't get a full tank of air because they haven't exhaled fully first. Yeah, because you can also almost start to hyperventilate if you're trying to take in so much air, you actually are instigating the system. The inhalation tends to amp up the sympathetic nervous system, your fight or flight, and the exhale naturally ignites the parasympathetic or the rest or digest. So the more you can emphasize the exhale, and in many breathing practices, they'll say it's a two to one ratio, meaning exhaling twice as long as you inhale. Whether you exhale for the count of two and inhale for the count of four or whatever that multiple is, as long as you're not straining, that can be extraordinarily helpful to calm down. So the other thing about yoga that was new to me, I had always thought in terms of strength and then in terms of flexibility. But then this third term, mobility, came up when I was getting injured and trying to figure out ways to be less injured. My understanding is that mobility and flexibility are different. And I wondered if you could say a little bit about how important those two aspects might be. Yeah. Well, you want to have functional flexibility. You don't need to have unbridled flexibility unless you're joining Cirque du Soleil or there's no need for that. You need to have a balance of strength and flexibility. And the mobility would be in the joints, in your full range of motion. So if you were to practice something like a sun salutation, it really brings the joints through their full range of mobility and warms up the joints before playing. The flexibility is really much more in the muscles itself and that stretching and toning of the muscles and the mobility is more relegated to the movement within the joints itself. Right, so that you have greater range of motion, presumably? Correct. You started mentioning warming up the body, and this was new to me as well. I thought warm-ups just meant scales, but musicians that I've talked to recently who've been more cognizant of this sort of thing have talked about warming up in a literal sense, like whether it's jumping jacks or moving your arms around, doing little arm circles. The idea is to actually warm your body physically up, and that maybe seems obvious to some people, but I never thought of that as being important. Can you say more about why that's important and why warming up isn't just playing scales or etudes? Well, when you're playing scales or etudes, depending on your instrument, you're still in a static form. So if you can, you're holding your joints and it's not natural whether you're playing flute or violin to be in that position for extended periods of time. So if you can create some warming up, I warm up using a three-pronged approach and it doesn't take long. It's like a five minute exercise. I'll do a few sun salutations. I'll do a little bit of breathing beforehand because that starts to just naturally warm up the body from the inside out, as opposed to like imposing heat, right? By like turning up the heat. And then I even do one or two eye exercises to stretch and strengthen the eyes beforehand because we do a lot of close up work, whether it's reading the music or we're at our laptop. And that can be really taxing on the eyes and particularly the optic nerve. It was at about this point that Rob and I began asking Nicole more specific questions about various physical issues, like tight hips after sitting and teaching piano all day, back pain for percussionists, neck and shoulder tightness for violinists, and what specific things musicians could do backstage before a performance, for instance. 
Just hearing Nicole speak about these things, minus any visuals, didn't really have quite the same impact as watching her demonstrate the various movements and exercises, especially when it got to walking us through a short yoga sequence that she recommends for musicians. So if you'd like to see the remaining 45 minutes of our Q&A with Nicole, where she demonstrates the exact stretches and exercises that she recommends, you can see the video of our chat at bulletproofmusician.com slash Nicole. Thank you.